Welcome to Pod Week, the finale of our season of Lunch Table Talk. Grace, Aaron, and Justin, we're gonna give you, we're gonna hit you with five straight podcasts this week, starting today. Today's Monday. When you're the the rumor is true, everyone. I know you've been awaiting this for months. Never knew if it was even gonna happen, even though we planted the seed. Seeds tend to tend to bloom when we plant them. They do. I do magical like that. But we are here, Pod Week, Episode One. We have the change. Joe Coyle, Charles Bliss. Yeah, I'm honored to uh, to be here for uh, the kickoff of Pod Week. I've the much anticipated Pod Week. Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, okay, everyone listening, go listen to. Um, well, obviously listen to this one first, but then go listen to Mr. G interview for Interview Friday this week, and then Shower Thoughts, our last week's Monday podcast. Thank you. So we're going with a little bit of a, a probably our most unique format here. So we're gonna we're gonna hit you guys with some questions that the people want to know. We asked our club, uh, what do you guys want to know from the change? Um, and then the second half, we're gonna let you guys just spitball. Whatever, whatever comes to your mind, you're gonna you're gonna talk about. So, the people want to hear what you have to say. So we're gonna get right into it here. Um. Okay. First things first. Can you guys introduce yourselves? Maybe like, just some things. Maybe middle schools, elementary schools, All siblings. Right. Yeah. That go to you. <laughs> so uh, I'm Joe. Uh, last name Coyle. Um, I've uh, I, I go to Maine South, obviously senior here um lived in park ridge my whole life went to field then emerson um yeah and i'm in the change uh, my name's charles uh, i have a twin here elliot um i was born in san francisco i'm a sagittarius moved here when i was one uh, went to franklin and then emerson and yeah ended up in the change so you guys are both pretty heavily involved in the pa wing right and right certainly okay what what would you say this one just came to me but what would you say is your has been your favorite production charles you're wearing the lysistrata shirt right now so what, what has been your favorite production as your time at main south well it was not lysistrata um it was a great show but my favorite show was rose and the rhyme which was our winter play our junior year it was the last real show last real time we were on stage but it was just a fun show a lot of movement a lot of ensemble work um, and yeah, just a fun, quick show, moved fast, people liked it. So that was probably my favorite. That's awesome. Joe, you have a opinion? Yeah, I liked, uh, I like them all, but I liked um, Shakespeare in Love. I bet you did. Yeah, the fall play, uh, my junior year. I just felt like everything kind of came together, you know, like um, it was a lot of great people. Um, and because of, you know, what happened this past year, it like... Uh, looking back on it we really only had like two shows kind of like in our prime i guess you could say um and that just a lot of good memories from that one who was shakespeare i don't know <laughs> see is he in this room i'm uh, pretty sure he is it wasn't me. i believe he is <laughs> mr william shakespeare um so the people wanted to know about your, I think this one's coming from uh, Jill Kepke. Um, she wanted to know about your guys' post-high school plans. What's going on there? Um, we're moving straight to New York. Uh, hopefully, maybe find a roommate or two, get an apartment in Manhattan, and try to get jobs and gig uh, when we can. 
and then maybe find, who knows, find our way into the music business. We're, we're looking to find it. We're looking to figure it out. So, okay. So, out. so the goal is to get some, get a job to, to get by, pay rent, pay food. Um, and then you're going to be in the studio making, uh, making some new albums for your fans. Is that right? Well, I, yeah, I wouldn't say quite exactly like that. I'd say the, the goal is to get in the studio and make some music, but, um, we're just going to try and live. You know? Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully have a, a completely electric album out this summer. That will be in it. We'll make that in a studio. Um, but once we go to New York, you know, obviously we'll have to see our financial situation. Studio time isn't very cheap. So it's mostly an idea of like, we're not going there to necessarily make it big quick. We're going there to live and then work from there. So the idea is like, live sustainably and then work as an artist on top of that. So it may be a while until there's a studio produced album from New York, but I have faith that it will come. Yeah. I love it. That's a super cool plan. Um, what kind of, what kind of job are you thinking? If, if anything, Oh man, uh, you know, uh, hours are a big thing, right? Cause we'd like to gig at night sort of as much as we can. Um, uh, the, the waiting industry would be great because of the tips. So I think the most, you know, you can maximize money there, but really whatever's hiring, you know, near us Certainly. with, uh, hours that sort of fit our schedules. Yeah. We just don't want to be out in the night really like want to have those open and, you know, if we have to get up early, we'll get up early, but we want those hours at night open to mm -hmm. ideally play. So. Um, what made you guys choose to move to New York rather than, like, going to school or even living somewhere else? That's a good question. Um, so about a year ago is, like, mo like, March 2020 is when this kind of all happened. Um, and uh, I don't know. We both kind of just, like, um, so it, it comes from having, like, uh, I guess a dream, you can say, but just having, like, our goals laid out in front of us. And we don't really want to waste much time, right? We're both eager to go out into the real world and, uh, you know, try and make it. And, um, you know, New York, it's got so many great things, but it's really, we want to go there not just because it gives us the highest chance of success, uh, but because we, we think it's cool, <laughs> you know, and I, that's like... Uh, kind of a stupid answer but it's true it's like we're going to new york city you know that's a big experience in and of itself yeah for sure. i'd say just that idea of looking to looking for something that that'll challenge you i mean probably th like the three big cities in the country are where you want to go for music or nashville but i'd rather not go to nashville just not my type of music but chicago it's probably between chicago and new york at the end of the day and in a weird way, I'd like to go, you know, cross country because then you lose that safety net and uh, you actually have to take chances and, you know, you can't go home one day because you're sick of it or, you know, y y you put your back against the wall and you work it out. Yeah, I mean, almost every day I have thought it's like, what am I doing? Like, you know, like what you, like you just I woke up in this world. It's like, I, how did I become how, how, how did I get here, basically? And then New York kind of eliminates any possibilities of like walking back you know i think yeah. there's something to be said about like being thrown into sort of an un uncomfortable environment yeah 
Yep, I love that. You're only going to grow. So a lot of times you'll hear about like major success stories and how they started. Um, we're wondering if there was a like a specific moment or a conversation where you guys were like, we got to start a band. Like, does, does anything come to your head when like a, a spark like that to start a band? Well, so first of all, it all starts with the Beatles. And um, yeah. two years ago, if you had told me I was moving to New York to try and chase a career in music, I would have said you're crazy. You know, not just because like, that's crazy but because that just wasn't me at all um i loved music but i didn't play any instruments i didn't sing i didn't write anything um and then i started listening to the beatles and i know charles did too and like uh everything just kind of changed like music became something it became like more of like an art form and i just started to sort of study it more than i ever had and then become inspired by it um and then we both like about a year and a half, like fall junior year is when we started mm-hmm. writing songs. And then eventually we kind of had some okay songs and we were picking up the guitar and the piano and, uh, and we just kind of looked at each other and went, well, we, you know, are we doing this? Like we're, you know, we're kind of half in half out right now. And then luckily uh, we've evolved and it has evolved and uh, now we're here. Yeah, I guess I would say that I, I think that it started, you know, with I, the first instrument I picked up was ukulele, junior year, just easy to play. Played a played through a whole big Beatles book, or just chords, um, and that was great. That taught me, you know, song structure and where where that all builds. And I guess that's that's sort of where I learned it from. And then yeah, like Joe was just doing his own thing separately and. We came to each other. We wrote a couple songs together. We write we write mostly apart, um, even though like they're all credited to Bliss uh, Bliss Coil or we they're all credited to the both of us. But that's because you know things get added in different spots. It's just easier than being like this one's yours, this one's mine, this one's both. So they're just all both. Um, but most of the time we write separately, um, and so we were writing separately, and we we brought these songs to each other. We each had a few, and like we found our first eight songs out of that and two of those are on the album and you know it just it just moves forward like that just each generation of new writing turns into the next one and then all of a sudden you're growing past what you thought you could do Mm -hmm. that's very interesting i feel like a lot of times people don't think about the writing process in music you know it's such an underrated part of of every of the whole music industry it's Um, everything yeah you've showed me your you showed me your uh notebook a couple weeks ago it was it was very cool to see but yeah just to like just to imagine like both of you writing your own completely separate songs and then coming together and be like which ones are going to work which ones aren't i feel like that's very cool and we we we, for some reason write the best ones together like best days we wrote pretty much from scratch just the two of us um we got a couple more like that on the next one that are some real core songs on that album Right, we've we've got like three sounds, you know, mine, his, and then ours. Because mm-hmm. you know, best days like really doesn't sound like anything I'd write on my own time, and yet I had a pretty you know serious hand in writing it. Right, just interesting. Um, so I actually like come from a bunch of musicians. My whole family are musicians, 
Um, so I've seen uh, like people write songs all the time and I know that everyone's process is really different. What do you guys would say, even like apart or together, what does your writing process look like? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't really have a process. You know, it's like, uh, it feels like I never write anything because right. you don't write something like until you do. It's really tough to like sit down and force something out. Um, generally my process is like, uh, I'm just strumming on the guitar and something catchy, you know, pops into my head or I play something I find catchy. And then uh, I'm really lazy with lyrics, so I really don't write my lyrics until, like, uh, I have to. Um, <laughs> I have about 5,000 voice memos of Joe just singing gobbledygook. <laughs> yeah. But it's always interesting. I always like the sound. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's my process. Um, and then, yeah, I just got a bunch of voice memos in my phone. I have a few notebooks worth of, like, nothing's complete because, like I said, I don't really finish anything. Um, you just kind of have your idea and then you keep that in your head. And if you forget it, it's like, well, I guess it wasn't that good of an idea. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, I write, I guess, in a similar way. Um, it, I think what Joe said is really true. It's writing songs very interesting because it's just something out of nothing over and over again. Um, so in that way, it's very liberating, but it's also very scary because you, you have no idea. It's like, maybe I'll never write a song again. Just one will never come to me because you know they start as nothing and then after a while they're just done and then it's on to the next one but um i don't know i'd say that i write not quite in spurts New usually don't write more than one in a day i'll just sit down do one you know figure out a structure usually build around a bit and then build like the verse if it's a verse build the chorus if it's chorus and then figure out the other parts of the song and then usually I do that all in one sitting and then go back later to put words the rest to the rest of the song. But it, it's true, though. It, they do come kind of in bunches. Mm -hmm. Like uh, a few weeks ago, he and I both were like in these big droughts and we were looking at each other. And like we were kind of joking, you know, but there is an element of seriousness. It's like, are we ever going to write a song again? You know, because you can't. There's no certainty to it, uh, to it. Right. Yeah. And I'd say for our shared process is by far the simplest and for some i don't really know why we don't do it more it's just, it just is that way but like we'll sit down and he'll just start playing like chords on a guitar and then like we'll just start trying to put words to it and that's has yet to fail us so maybe we'll have to yeah we should do that pick it up a little bit more <laughs> so that's your song process um what did the process look like for you guys to put together your album i'm curious like how you decided what songs made it and didn't, and mm. just how that worked. Mm -hmm. So, uh, like in one night in Feb, was it February or January? It was your birthday. It was the day before. Your it was my the day before my birthday. We hadn't, we didn't have any plans for an album or anything. We just had like a a, a pretty good uh, batch of songs. And that night we, um, I can't remember what we were talking about. We, we were talking about like future plans, you know, like future albums. And then I don't know if it was him or me, but we just said, why don't we just make, you know, we've got these songs now. Mm -hmm. We're going to keep writing songs. You know, these, there's a chance these just go to waste. Uh, why don't we make an album? And then we, I think there were like three or four that didn't make the album for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, we kept pretty carefully selected the order of songs. If you listen closely, there's kind of a, 
a story being told. Um, and uh, that was kind of accidental, actually, but we looked. We backed into it. Yeah, we, <laughs> like, midway through deciding the order, we were like, there's kind of a. No, it was completely intentional. You, yeah. you absolutely meant to do we worked, it. Yeah, we worked our way back into it. If yeah. You just got to build it all around the story of Come Through, which is about um, just somebody who needs to decide if they're in or out on a relationship. And if you look at the rest of the songs, they're all either about love, about what could go wrong, what could go right and just inner struggles and it all leads up to our second to last track which is lighthouse which is acceptance of like okay like i know this is scary but it's what i gotta do and then best days is just a little epilogue um, right best days is is almost like a teaser trailer for the next album in a way it doesn't really add to this story like it kind of concludes for those of you who've listened to the album the album sort of concludes with the 11th song lighthouse and then Best Days is like a post-credit scene in a way. Mm-hmm. And Best Days, different. Best Days is what you heard at the beginning of the episode. That little, that little electric right. guitar melody. Mm-hmm. It's the only uh, electric song too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a question. I think it was from Jesse Beck. She was wondering what your guys' favorite song was on the album. Uh, well, I won't say one of mine. Um, and I, I don't know if it would be either way, but my favorite song is, um, hmm, I like I like them all. Uh, I I'll say uh, I really like figuring it out. I really like that. That's song. a great one. Yeah, yeah, that one took. I I just I don't know. That was the first song I wrote where I was like, I don't know. It felt like like actually being like. I got on the horse, and now, like, we're figuring out how to gallop. Like, okay, we, c- we can move with the song. Like, you know, w- we know how to put pace behind it and slow it down, take it to places that we want to be. It was also a big step, I think, um, you know, in motivationally for me, and I think just for both of us, it was, like, um, bigger than anything either of us had ever really done before, uh, which is telling of kind of what's coming in the future. Yeah. Um, I just uh, and I just really think it's a catchy tune. That and Best Days are perhaps the only two that would have a shot at making the next album not based not based on quality but just based on style, um, scale too. Sc- like si- we talk a lot about, and maybe this is just stuff that only makes sense to us. But we talk a lot about like the size of songs, like there's big songs, for example. Hey Jude is just about like the biggest song you're gonna get, like, and then like Blackbird. Um, off the White Album is like a very small song. It's not good or bad, but there is undeniable size to certain songs. And just getting bigger is just, you know, if two songs are equally good, the bigger one is more well-liked. It's just more powerful. So it's just a trend towards size. I'd say that my favorite song, um, I'd say our best one is probably Best Days. Um, The one... uh, um, come through as a little soft spot because that was the first song we played. That's the first song we wrote together, and it's the first song that we um, we played in a first little mini concert that we had. It's the first song we've ever played in front of other people. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. My favorite one is "All I Do." It's the third track. I there's just something about it. Ever since I've heard it, I've loved it. Um, ever since Joe played it for me the first time, it's just so soft and. It, it does its job so perfectly. It's just such a little light, like, I don't know, of all of the songs on Best Days, it may, 
it, it's small, but there's not another one that does its job as well as all I do. It's just very, it's very nice, very mellow. Um, what was the hardest song to finish? Oh, but wasn't isn't there an obvious answer here? Best days, yeah, best days. So the the way we landed on that being electric is. It was like the second song we tried to. Re- so first of all, shout out to Connor O'Shea. Big uh, time. He, Big uh, time. He produced this, and um, he had all this great equipment that he allowed us to use and helped us. So it was like the second song we we tried to record, and we we had this idea where like it's going to be all acoustic, right? So we were playing best days, and I was doing that like harsh down 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 on an acoustic and it just wasn't working and I then I picked up a pick and started playing and there's this like clicking sound because I'm not a great guitar player and uh, it really just wasn't working so we kind of put it aside and then we went back to it again acoustically and it really just wasn't working yeah. and then we had the idea we're like maybe we should just do it electric and then it was pretty easy to do it once we got it electric but just for the longest time it felt like like mm-hmm. shit like it, this it just isn't working you know, yeah. Um, I'd say the hardest one for me was figuring it out. Oh no, 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 not not figuring it out. Um, Spirits of the Sea. It has an irregular time signature. Right. You know, some music theory folks will know what that Which means. Which we we now know. Which what we it now is. know. I didn't know. I didn't know that at the time. All I knew is that the click track wouldn't work. So it's played with. <laughs> it, it's very. I'm not. I'm not a like rhythm guitar player. Um, that's Joe. He's just much better at it. But I'm, that's my song. I know it better. I know the rhythm. And without a click track, it's just it kind of had to be me who played it. So that kind of, you know, I didn't, I didn't love that too much. It's not really my element. Um, and then you have to keep going the whole time because you can't pick up without a track. So, you know, you need a perfect guitar take, which we didn't get, but we got close enough. It's the only song. Every other song, if you know anything about time signatures, it's like, you know, it's, it's the pace of the song. It's the only song that has a, a different time signature. So that was the tricky part in, about it. Everything else is in 4-4, four, four, which is, if you just think about it, that's your stand. It's, it's just, just the most basic it's the, time It's signature. like every song is in 4-4. Four, four. A waltz is 3-4. This was in 6-8. Switched to 4-4 four, four later. It's a whole mess. But people like it, so, you know, we'll take it. What was that? <laughs> Should we go on? Uh, yeah. You guys have any final comments or anything you'd like to say about the change before we let you guys kind of <laughs> open it up um stay tuned let's go can't wait mm-hmm. you say a fully electric album yeah we should have two this summer oh, one wow. fully electric and then another kind of like uh kind of like this but uh, just just another acoustic album because we've got a lot of songs that just really won't work electrically um but we've got we actually just finished writing the next album so so yeah we're 14 for 14 on the electric you'll see that midsummer hopefully you know if we can get it into a studio and out of a studio in one piece yeah hopefully you'll see some live stuff i mean maybe not everybody listening if there are millions and millions of you but They're like, you know, we'll hopefully be playing local places and backyards and grad parties for those of you graduating seniors who yeah, want book the mediocre change. live music. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's, that's kind of what's next for us. And then off to the Big Apple. Yeah, if you're into spotty vocals, then <laughs> book the change. We got you in space. <laughs> um, is this 
the change's first ever interview. <laughs> this is the change's first ever oh. interview. Yeah. Nice. Happy to have you here. <laughs> yeah, Little fist bump from the host. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> turn on Howard, Joe Rogan. We'll, we'll, we'll go to yeah, third one We'll today. go to lunch. Yeah, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll talk first. <laughs> give, we'll well, first album was absolutely incredible. I'm sure I know tons of people loved it. Hopefully you guys are happy with the product. But if you guys have whatever you'd like to talk about now, we'd like to give you 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, if you'll notice, uh, the uh, the album cover is, um, is at the main South Tennis Courts. Uh, some people refer to that as our home. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I would never, I would never <laughs> say that. I would never say that. Oh Other yeah, you, you I would never say that. say that. Other people say that though, when I hear it, and well, I, I go, would. Say oh, it. I guess it's kind of true. You know, uh, I never really thought about it that way, but we do. You know, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of is our home. Yeah, um, less of a home, more of like a playground or sort, just somewhere you like go and do whatever you want, and then like when you're done, you just leave. You know. <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's Main South a place where you just beat up on people, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, Main South has the legendary Wilson Field. And then it has the more legendary Marquardt and Brosnan tennis courts. Yeah, we named it after you guys because of how many losses you've seen. <laughs> well, it, it was a memorial <laughs> stadium. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. They don't name the Lombardi Trophy the Lombardi Trophy for no reason. Yeah. It's a little different. What about Soldier Field? All the fallen <laughs> soldiers. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it's the like. The fallen Marquardt's and Brosnan's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll talk albums. We'll do our five favorite albums. Five, okay. All time. Yeah, five well, it's just not, five I to listen to. I would have to think about it, but okay. five albums I really, really like. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Um, okay, uh, okay, I'll go first. The first album I think everyone out there should listen to is um, it's called Blonde on Blonde, and it you know that one. Yeah. It's a Bob Dylan album. Um, I'm actually probably gonna mention another Bob Dylan album, but that's it's a great album. <laughs> it is. It's it's yeah. one of my favorite albums. It's like it's a double album, sort of. It's a double like EP. So there's like 15 songs on it. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's incredible. It's really good. Um, I don't know. I'll start relatively basic, but it's shocking how many people know who the Beatles are, know their big songs but haven't gone album by album. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what I'll say about the Beatles a million times. It's not their best songs that make them great. It's the fact that if you listen to the studio albums that they put out, those boys don't miss. They've never missed. Never won- Maybe a little bit on some of the early ones. But, but even know. that, it's not a miss for what it is. Yeah, right. Exa- when you think, that's, another, that's a great point. It, if you listen to the songs they were recording in 1964, and late in, in 1967, they're decades or probably a decade ahead of everybody else. And, and they lay the groundwork for everybody else. So even that sort of like poppy, you know, like uh, early, early Beatles stuff that everyone like kind of makes fun of. It's like, well, that was the music. That's what, you know, listen to anything in the 60s. You're not really going to get anything, you know, you like. Also, like listen to those songs. Some of them are incredible. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean... Anna off of uh, what is it? Please, please me. The cover. Well, that's. A sh- <laughs> 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 Anna's great. Uh, it's not written by them or somebody else, but um, please, please me is incredible off that song, off that album. I mean, obviously, I want to. So, hold what album hand. is this? But the, the the quintessential Beatle album, which I think is, it's rep- it starts their golden age. Um, 
and it, it really it really I need solidifies their golden age you know why don't you just say my album well, I think own? you're talking about Rubber Soul. I am talking about Rubber Soul. I think Help sort of begins their golden age. That's fair. Um, so l- l- just listen to all the Beatle albums. I mean, honestly, <laughs> is what we're trying to say here. But if you want to start somewhere, start with Rubber Soul because it's perhaps the most consistent album you'll ever listen to. And it and to speak to that consistency, one of its songs um, in my life. Is just a, is probably one of their best songs, one of the best songs you'll ever listen to. Um, so that's a really long way of saying my first album is Rubber Soul. So is the Beatles like? Is that what made you guys get really into music? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was about like all I listened to for a good year or so. Okay. Um, sure. Solo stuff too from that. Yeah. Shout yeah. out Band on the Run. Yeah. I feel like every big mer- music person has like one artist that like really got them into music. Mm-hmm. Our our big, uh, well, I'll only speak for myself here, but my big, uh, I guess, inspirations um, or idols, you know, because I don't really, I don't think anything I write sounds like the Beatles, you know. Yeah. Um, it might, but I could never no really say know. that. Yeah. So just my biggest like heroes, my idols are certainly the Beatles, Bob Dylan. Um, uh, Paul Simon, um, yeah. even, you know, Oasis. That's going to be an album I'm going to mention. Well, I'll mention it right now. Um, What's the Story, Morning Glory. Yeah, really recommend anybody out there listening to that. Uh, and it's pretty, I mean, relatively new. It was made in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> so that just shows you when our you know, time frame of music appreciation really starts and ends. But I, it definitely begins. If the Beatles... And I think this goes for countless artists. If the Beatles weren't around, or I never found them um, in the way I did, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind I wouldn't be here right now. Agreed. Totally. Um, I'd say my second album... I'll, I'll go... I'll stay with the Beatles. I'll go Beatles solo work. Um, Paul McCartney, Ram. Um, yes. Band on the Run is great. That's probably that's that's maybe his consensus one, and it's great and it's big and it's huge. But when you listen to Ram and you think of about the fact that it was self-produced in 1970, 1971, it's like so ahead of its time. And these songs are huge. Um, they're just they're they're so much bigger than like even like the home production songs of today with a million times better technology and. He just is a musical genius. He plays pretty much any instrument in a rock band. He's a great drummer, great guitarist, great bass player. That's what he played in the Beatles. But he is, Paul is probably who I think the GOAT is for music. Um, Certainly one of them. Yeah. It's kind of tough because once you get up there, they're all crazy. But I think you've got like, I mean, really two people. Yeah. You can kind of swing it between. Yeah. Paul and Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, my third album is uh, Tapestry, Carol King. Um, it's like, uh, for whatever reason, when I heard somebody say Tapestry is like the greatest album of all time. And this was like in my big Beatle phase. I'm like, come on, get out of here. And this was in the time where I like wasn't even given Bob Dylan, you know, time of day, anybody. And I listened to Tapestry, and it just opened my eyes to the possibility of other artists, you know, 
like achieving the level of excellence that Beatle that the Beatles achieved. And that's exactly right. what Tapestry does. It's like one of those albums. And there are very few albums out there that are like this, that every single song is like a 10. Like, I, I mean, she doesn't skip a single beat. She's also one of the greatest songwriters ever. And I think this is like maybe one of two. It's just one of her only uh, projects where she's actually singing. And she was a big songwriter. And, mm-hmm. and uh, James Taylor convinced her to, to do this and to sing. And I think she has a great voice. Um, <laughs> Better than ours, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, so, yeah, Tapestry, Carol King. Um, my next album that I, I'll say is a Paul, uh, Paul Simon. It's Simon and Garfunkel, but if you, know about Paul si- if you know about Simon and Garfunkel, Simon wrote all of the songs and played guitars. Art, what are you doing? You know, pick up a pen or a guitar. Like, you need to do one. Um, voice, though. He, did, he has a great <laughs> voice, but so does Simon. And, you know, eventually, you know, they went their separate ways, you know. But their last album, I believe, Bridge Over Troubled Water, um, headlined by that song, Bridge Over Troubled Water, I mean, it's, it's magnificent. That song's up there with all the, you know, all the other great ones in size, in, in ability, in musicality, in voice. Art Garfunkel sings the lead. He's incredible on it. But there's a lot of other songs on that, like The Boxer, which are just brilliant, and they move so quickly and from part to part so delicately and smartly, and the wordplay is brilliant. I love Paul Simon. He's, he's, he's maybe one of my – I think he's one of the funnest writers, of the most – sorry, the most fun writers of all time. So I think – yeah, that's, that's mine, Bridge Over Troubled Water. Okay. Um, I'll go back to, to – Dylan, um, uh, he's got an album called the uh, the Freewheelin' Bob Dylan, and um, the first like Dylan song I got into was called Don't Think Twice, It's All Right, and uh, I just loved it so much. And this is like I was so like naive, I guess. I kind of thought that's all he did, like it was just sort of like folk acoustic guitar, and he's just so blowing on the wind is on that album, maybe like the most famous folk song ever. Uh, so if you're going to get into Bob Dylan, I think this is a great album to start with because it's sort of what the how the in in the same way Rubber Soul kind of began like the Beatles era of excellence, this Bob uh the Freewheeling Bob Dil- Bob Dylan did that for Dylan. And it's it's so I think watching the evolution of Bob Dylan is just so uh crazy cuz he he goes from like uh this fo- folk god. I mean they de- they were deeming him like the the, basically like Christ of folk um, and then he came out with a few like two really good folk albums and then all of a sudden he just dropped an electric album and everyone went crazy you know they were calling him like Judas uh, and then he just went on kept going on with the electric and became one of the greatest rock and roll artists of all time so uh, if you're going to start with Dylan I would say start with the Freewheel and Bob Dylan because again he doesn't really miss the poetry is so good uh and the songs are good too yeah so stepping away from like bona fide legends um at least for me i'm gonna head to jack johnson who is another incredible writer um really maybe in my opinion one of the most underrated ones i mean i've got to listen to a lot more um you know there's so much music out there there's so many brilliant minds out there who just write and write and sing beautifully but his um his 2005 album, In Between Dreams, 
um, which is probably most famous for the song Banana Pancakes, um, is awesome. It's it's a, it's a really nice. I guess I guess what I would say is it's it, it kind of hits. It's it's kind of like king of that sound that like the first eleven tracks of Best Days is meant to emulate, where you know you've got it's very acoustic, but you got a lot of other instrumentation in there. And I think that beyond the sleeper hit, beyond the big like songs on that album, there's a couple of really great sleeper hits. The last three, Bell, which is in French, but it's still great. And then Do You Remember and Constellations are just three brilliant songs that I, I personally overlooked on my first time through. So go listen to those. And really just his whole discography. It's brilliant. Okay. So um, this is five, I think. I, I, I want to say another one, but I'm going to say a Beatle album just because I, I feel like I have to. My favorite Beatle album. Well, my favorite. That's My favorite is like pretty much whatever I'm listening to. But like my, uh, if I could only have one Beatle album, it would be uh, the White album. And that's mostly because it's a double album, so you get twice as many songs. But um, I think a lot of people, like my history teacher, uh, I won't say his name, um, you know, because I'm kind of going to insult him here. But... Uh, <laughs> He said he didn't like the Beatles, and he, he referred to their sound. He's like, I just don't like their sound. And to me, that's like that big sort of, a lot of horns, um, just like this big sort of brassy sound that like uh, Penny Lane, you know, Penny Lane, Hello, Goodbye, even Strawberry Fields, like they're all kind of weird. Um, but that's so like sort of surface level Beatles. The White Album doesn't even feature like a, a single song that kind of would resemble that Beatles sound. Um, so like what he was saying earlier about what makes the Beatles so great, I think the White Album is such a great example of what makes them so great. Because it's a bunch of like small songs that are just incredible in their own way, yet so unlike mm -hmm. past and then later Beatles songs. That's my favorite Beatles album too. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting because to me, I've always seen it as the, the three writers, um, John, Paul, and George, like testing their merit as individual musicians and while that the album itself is sometimes disliked because of how um long it can get it um it's a really brilliant like all these you have these beautiful songs that you could easily see on like later solo projects that you just see their sound their individual sounds developing so yeah, yeah that's a great one to listen to and then go listen to their individual stuff um my last album um it's actually I'll I'll share our kids album actually it's it's a, it's a it's children's music but it's called Infinity um, by a band called Trout Fishing in America um, might be the most slept on band of the 21st century they are incredible um, they just work they they got melodies and choruses like you've never heard before they're brilliant they're fun they're energetic um, I grew up listening to them I went back like oh what do they sound like I've been hooked they're great like. And although it is kids' music, they got some non-kids' music. Um, a song called Spider's Fence is probably my, probably my favorite in terms of that. But they're great. So Trout Fishing in America, that's a, it's a good band to listen to. You know, quite out there. But that's my fifth. Well, <laughs> thank you guys very much for coming on. Thank you. Yep, the change been talking about this one for a while we've had it on the board at our meetings for <laughs> weeks week. <laughs> great to finally have you guys yeah thank you for having us absolutely any any final thoughts send your
for pod week. Well, I guess we're we're no longer seniors. Most of our grade will be freshmen in college. You guys will be workers in the real world. Workers, yeah. Justin will still be a senior, though. He's doing oh, bridge week. <laughs> Shout out to my bridge week grinders. Go get after it. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having, you for having us. us. For sure. Yep. Yeah. New music coming soon. Hope you guys will like yeah, it. Stay tuned. Yeah. Let's go. Have a great week, everyone. Look forward to the next four. This is one of five pod week.